This is the Edinburgh Reporter podcast and this morning I'm down at Holyrood where uh, one of the newest MSPs has come out to go for a wee walk. Sue Weber, you are the MS Conservative MSP for Lothian and one of the new intake and uh, so this is your new place of work. Sue, how is it? It's, uh, it's quite different. You can never say it's what you expected because it's not um, and it's just it's quite breathtaking knowing that we're standing here, you and I, having this conversation this morning, under the crags on a beautiful day, knowing, as you've just said, this is my new place of work and I'm here to really be that strong voice for all of the residents across, across the Lothian region. And it's, it's, sometimes it does catch your breath. And right now my legs have gone a little bit tingly, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, I tell you one thing, my mum is so proud. I'll so. bet she is, I'll yeah. bet she is. Because you're Edinburgh born and bred. Yes, I grew up uh, out in the west side in uh, Babbert Mains, uh, Juniper Green Primary, Curry High, and the first in the family to go to Edinburgh University or to go to university, any university. So, all That's my education. That's kind of often the case, isn't it? With you know, it's, it's a sort of a People generational of thing. Well, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Sue. <laughs> um, the and of course you have already now made your maiden speech so you've broken your duck it must be okay oh, now I will, no, I'll tell you that was it was something I was really passionately uh, I was involved with it because a couple of constituents had come to me with some of the pressures their family had been facing so I'm hoping that that passion came over in the speech it was so, when it's so something what, you care about like that so yeah. what you were what you were talking about as mm-hmm. I understand it was about missed operations during the pandemic is that was that your maiden speech no no my maiden speech was on education yes and that was all about the it was this one particular family that uh, whose child is going through their hires and they had seven exams well, they're not exams of course are they yeah. back to back Assessments yes or whatever they're called. and he was the first cohort in that school to go through them and then there was different cohorts and I think that it was the experience of some of his friends getting to see the papers through different social media platforms as well mm-hmm. that they all felt put him as a, a disadvantage and it was just the pressure the anxiety and the helplessness of the family to support him what, you know, what do you think uh, what do you think the the SQA or indeed the Scottish government are going to do about it or what can they do about it well at the moment it just seems they want to do the same as they did last year but call it something slightly different uh, which is so that Quite means alarming. which teacher assessments of um, your work during the year when you've really had no teaching. Yeah, I, 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 there's that and they want to use these assessments or exams as a sort of benchmark tool to see where you are. But I think it was more telling that one of my friends who's a teacher had sit and she's been responsible for uh, managing a hub for some of the most vulnerable uh, and uh, pupils in, in their school and some of them just were not turning up for exams because they just had missed out on so much. They just weren't confident enough. Well, they just thought, yeah, why should I go along and fail? Uh-huh. Miss, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think those are the people that are just getting so left behind. And it's all about, ultimately, they speak about the attainment gap and, bring, and reducing it, but they're not. Mm-hmm. This is the last two years it's now going to be in terms of the exam diet will yeah. just exacerbated and pulled the... the polarised it even further, you know? But I think it, it's kind of always the case, is it not, that um, the, you know, the people who are clever will do well anyway, is that, and, and perhaps it's the ones in the middle ground who are kind of most... There's a, there's a, might well be, I mean, I, we don't know, that's just it, children are so very, very different in how they learn and, that's when, and how they and how they cope either in a classroom or if they, they self-learn and you know some of them that might be clever but still need the support of that and learning environment might just have yeah. 
You don't know what's going on in their family homes. No, that, that's uh, true. I've, I've been to schools many times over the years and um, I think I've had my eyes opened as to what happens in some, a long time some children's since I was homes. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But, uh, you know, which, mm. what's happening behind the scenes. So, so what's going to be your main thing? Well, maybe we should go back a little bit. I know that you um, are involved in the drugs trade too. <laughs> well, it wasn't drugs, I was devices. So do, <laughs> I never sold a drug medical, or peddled a drug. Medical devices. Yeah. And of course, you're also a, a city councillor. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, where where are your interests going to lie here at uh, at Holyrood, which is looming up out it's the gorgeous, land in front yeah. of us, which of course is what the the architect said it would. But uh, what what's what's going to be your your thing? From an Edinburgh perspective, you know, obviously education is important. I've mentioned that to you already, but you know, this is about how the city comes out of recovery. And you know, through the role I've had at the council uh, in the transport, that I'm a very <laughs> vociferous. Uh, and loudly uh, spoken, I suppose, uh, regarding the what is the spaces for people debacle that's going uh, will ultimately damage the city's recovery. No matter what they say, uh, it's, if it doesn't physically damage the recovery by causing congestion, it's going to the reputational damage it will do to the City of Edinburgh Council. If the lack of ability for them to actually listen to residents. There's been over, just under 18,000 people have got involved in a consultation exercise. Yeah. I'm not sure quite how much money the council spent on promoting and advertising that, because I've asked that as a, mm -hmm. a question for full council. Mm -hmm. It was on the radio, all the raps, all these things. Um, so they were really encouraging more and more people to get involved. And they've got 18,000 people. Yeah. Yet they're going to cast that aside in favour of market research. Well, we don't know that yet. Actually. Yes, we do, Phyllis. I'm we afraid. Do. Well, I don't know when your podcast I, is going have, out, but uh, I haven't. Uh, I haven't had the media briefing because uh, on spaces for people as yet. But um, they, just to give the other side of the coin, they have said that they they did some market research with 583, 86 people, mm -hmm. um, and who were representative of the demographic in the city and they gave all the workings for that and I absolutely agree with you there were 17,600 uh, responses to the consultation which is I think about the third best in the city's history um, apparently the trams I think might have been one of the ones always the controversial always, ones always mm -hmm. the controversial ones but you know transport matters are always controversial mm -hmm. I um, so are you going to continue uh, with the transport brief at the council whilst you're an MSP no I'll be taking a genuine interest and I'll be that link between the people at the city chambers in Hollywood with that. Uh -huh. We've got the transport committees next Thursday yeah. and the spaces for people is on the agenda for that. Yeah. I will be proposing our amendment and Graham Hutchison, who's taking over from the transport lead for me as yeah. Council Hutchison, he will then second that amendment as a sort of baton handover, okay. if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. So a relay. <laughs> yeah, a relay team. Yeah, so, so, so just so, to go back to spaces for people um, and you know, we all know how some of these things have happened and some of these things have happened without consultation, um, although the, the government here didn't, Michael Matheson said that there was little or no need for consultation. And I know that you have been probably single-handedly responsible for getting a lot of these decisions actually taken up to full council by using the Section 30 procedure to just refer a Transport and Environment Committee decision up to full council and you know you've done an awful lot to try and hold the council to account so is there one piece 
of work in the city where you think, yeah, actually that cycle lane or that temporary road crossing or that spaces for people measure is a good thing. Is there any one that you could hold your hand up and say, yeah, actually, I quite like that one? I, or are they all bad? I, well, <laughs> they might, the, the concept of them, this is our position, isn't that it's all bad. How they've done it is bad and how they've discounted people with disabilities, the residents, and the measures, the, the actual hardware, shall we call it that, the quality is a bit, it doesn't look great. Um, the, the ones that are causing all the controversy are uh, the ones on the arterial routes, Lanark Road, Comson Road, uh, Slateford Road, all of these ones. These are the ones that I think they should be really looking closely at because that's the ones where the residents on Lanark Road and Comson Road in particular have yeah. been completely ignored because they have been. Mm -hmm. um, and but there will be. I've not. There's 39 kilometres of these now, Phyllis, yeah. and I'm out of 1,500 kilometres. Okay, of you road. know that, but okay. <laughs> I'm I'm a cyclist, but I'm not a I'm not a, a triathlete cyclist. I cycle mm -hmm. in and around to get my messages up in Juniper Green and stuff. So my exposure to all the measures isn't that. Uh, extensive but I've got a team of 16 other colleagues across the city that have fed back to me uh, uh, some of their feedback. So, so, so okay so you've mentioned Lanark Road um, and you know so where, where's the worst example is it Lanark Road is that the worst? The Lanark Road, Ingalls Green Road and Slateford uh -huh. Road those well they were all, uh -huh. all it all came to committee as one and then it got split up yeah. is just to me it's the, it's the worst one because it's clearly that's the one that's been designed by the guys from London as well that haven't really had any idea how that Although part of that, the city that, works. That has been that's that's been disclaimed by the transport convener. Uh, well, that, that there has been in the correspondence no I've seen, I would I would disagree with that. But uh, okay. uh, and how Trans is a UK-wide uh, charity. It's, yeah, but it's the designers were really, from London; they're it? not Edinburgh based. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, then you could also I'm not going to go into the names of the the. the no, it's no, clear I'm when you're I'm, having I'm your briefings with the council officers that they don't know how Lanark Road works either. Uh, Although Lanark Road would be a great place to have a segregated cycle lane because it is wide. I mean, it's a four—it's a four-lane wide road. It doesn't. It's never worked as a four-lane road. That's uh -huh. been my—that's been my position because all people along. Have parked They've there. always parked there, uh -huh. and the whole—you know—the so the, for that for for us, me to set a committee and get thrown at me time and time again. But it's a four-lane road. Uh -huh. It's never been a four-lane road. In all the years I've been using that as either a, a wee girl on the. The, 40, the 45 bus or the 53 when it was Eastern Scottish. You know, it's one of these things. There was always cars parked and the only functional lane was that. So okay. yes, the speed reduction to 30 is welcome, um, but having pavement, cycle lane parking just doesn't work. Just doesn't work, you know, and it's... The I'll tell you one of my, I've got two favourite areas and you and I, as you know, I'm a cyclist, but I've got mm -hmm. two favourite um, pieces of roadway, I guess. And one is actually up along beside the uh, the tram roundabout kind of Broomhouse site hill, you know, where you've, oh, yeah, actually, yeah, got, you've yeah. actually got a proper road, yeah. a proper cycle yeah, lane, that's great, and, isn't tram. It? and it's a great, uh -huh. uh, it's a great uh, way of showing off um, all of our mm -hmm. public transport systems yeah. and our Agreed. active travel, mm -hmm. uh, it all integrates. And the other place I really like actually is on uh, Piercefield Terrace, just before the, um, the Morrisons there, and I use that, and I feel very safe there mm -hmm. because I, because it's proper segregation with a proper curb. And it's and not I, a temporary permanent, not, not a, a temporary spaces for people scheme, absolutely. is it? Absolutely. No. But then, is that not also the counter argument that they're temporary, and hopefully they'll be put in better? 
Well, uh, in, hopefully in put in better, course. Phyllis. You, you, yeah. you darn hope so, because yeah. if they get put in like that, that's an mm -hmm. abomination. You know, the, our position has always been, if you do something, let's do it properly and do it well. Yeah. They've taken the money they've got from Sustrans and they've used it. That's from they've the gone Scottish for, government. It's well, administered by yeah, Sustrans. Okay. But they've taken it and they've gone for quality, quantity rather than quantity. Yeah. Our position was always do something and do it well and do it very well and they've not they've then, overreached 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 I and i suppose then they you know i'm trying to be as fair as i can to everybody here but the, i'm sure you, you have do, other people speaking you, on these well no I, I have lots of people yeah. wanting to talk to me about uh, about this matter but you know if they had only done let's say 10 kilometers of segregated cycleways in the city and they'd all concentrated in one particular area then the council would have been slated for not doing enough. So are they kind of damned if they do and damned if no, they I, don't? I don't think so. I mean, we've still, there are 43 other active travel projects, formal, permanent schemes, 43 that are, are all now sitting either in hibernation or delayed for one way, reason or another, because all the members of the active travel team are busy with temporary schemes, yeah. all right? So if they focus their full attention on delivery of the 43 permanent, well-planned schemes, that, that then the whole city would be coming together. We're talking about the Roseburn Union Canal link, we're talking about the West Edinburgh link that was meant to come to committee yeah. and has been delayed because yeah. there wasn't the resource to because look at people. Because they didn't have enough people. people because they've got Rose, them all doing the Roseburn has percent. already taken the best part of a yeah, decade. Exactly. Anyway, so why here. can't we focus on doing that stuff but and accelerating it? Is that the kind of stuff that this money was intended for? Though? No, it's not. But mm -hmm. the people mm -hmm. have been pulled away from progressing projects that have been and have gone through consultation to do stuff that hasn't. And that's where our, the, the clash sort of, sort of yeah. comes between where our position is and where the administration's position is. I would much rather these guys were doing, focusing on the stuff that's been consulted on well, mm -hmm. has approval, it's gonna have serious levels of investment. And, let's, and it looks great, like that one at Broomhouse you mentioned. Yeah. Because that yeah. does. Yeah, well, that's, that was obviously Because when you're asking design. for an example, I thought you meant just out the temporary ones. Well, but, yeah, uh, well, Yes, I, yeah. I, I suppose I was, but I do think that that's a really good example of, uh, of it works well, all the it? bits mm -hmm. of infrastructure mm -hmm. that we could have, I mm -hmm. suppose. But, you know, coming back here yeah. to um, to Hollywood, because, of course, um, you know, you will have lots to uh, debate here about the way that the pandemic is going to play out. And you, more than anyone, Sue, with your you know, science background, etc., uh, understand that we are not really out of the woods yet, are we? No, I don't think we are, not in any stretch, you can see that uh, there's still an awful lot of people that are, I would say, scared to go for their vaccines and I think that's, uh, the vaccine programme has been the one big standout success for the government, the UK government, you know, taking that investment at day one to prioritise that and the money they put behind that, you know, we can see that now because yes, the virus might still be transmitting and we've got this new a Delta variant that seems to be more mm. transmissible. Mm -hmm. But remember, all, vac all viruses want to ultimately be as transmissible as possible, mm -hmm. but cause as little disease as possible, because that's how they want to evolve. That is, I can remember that from my genetics, viruses and I've immunity course back before. at the University of Edinburgh. <laughs> well, I've got the textbook on that, because they don't want to kill your host. They need uh, the host to live, you see? To live. Okay. Yeah. So they want, that's interesting. right? So ultimately that's why what we're seeing are more transmissible, more transmissible strains, because that's how they will evolve. But what is important is that vaccine is reducing morbidity and mortality. We're seeing less disease and less serious disease. Although our case numbers seem to be going up. Even, when you say case numbers, what do you mean? Positive, uh, positive cases in, in Scotland, they 
went up to about 900 or so. Yeah, but that's, that's because it's but transmissible, but yeah, it's not causing it's not the same disease. How many people, I don't know the numbers, mm. how many people are being hospitalised and how many are going into yeah, ICU? There's about 100 or so but, in, uh, but in hospital. At the beginning right? of the pandemic, they were going in there and sadly they weren't coming out. Mm. And the numbers were going, more and more admissions. They're not going into hospital for as long and they're getting treatment and they're coming out again. Sadly, that's where our technology let us down, and although our converse, my conversation with Sue Weber continued, um, the recording didn't work, but it will be, of course, uh, open to us to have another occasion when we have a, a walk around Hollywood. And in the meantime, Sue was off to have a busy day ahead. She works at Hollywood Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And of course she's part of a Lothian-wide team of Conservative MSPs, along with Jeremy Balfour and Miles Briggs, uh, who also represent the Lothian region. Thank you so much for listening to the Edinburgh Report. Listen out for more episodes coming soon, and make sure you don't miss any by hitting the subscribe button now. This is one of the platforms where we can help advertise your business to our listeners. Would you like to know more about that? Then email editor at theedinburghreporter.co.uk. And remember, you can subscribe to have our monthly newspaper delivered to you direct. Sign up today on our website, www.theedinburghreporter.co.uk. Thank you.